just to remind us what we're going to be looking at, reminding ourselves that uh, the privilege of what it means to be the Lord's people. Uh, this morning, as you've probably gathered, we're going to be reminding ourselves that we're the Lord's sheep and that Jesus is the shepherd of our souls. And we'll be reminding ourselves of what it means to be a, a sheep journeying through life. And tonight we're going to be looking um, at the, what it means to be the Lord's soldiers. Um, and in Jesus, we have one who is the captain of our salvation. And this evening we're going to be seeing uh, what it means to, um, for a soldier's duty and the privileges he has uh, as a soldier in Christ. Let's just bow in prayer before we just turn to God's word. Make this, uh, these, the words of a, an old hymn our prayer perhaps this morning. Speak, Lord, in the stillness while we wait on thee. Hush our hearts to listen in expectancy. Speak, your servants heareth. Be not silent, Lord. Waits our soul upon thee for thy quickening word. For the word thou speakest, they are life indeed, living bread from heaven. Now, our spirits feed. Amen. I'm sure you'll agree with me this morning when I say to you that life is very much like a journey. Begins with our birth, obviously, and it will end at our death, or unless Jesus comes back first. And of course, in between that journey, we have literal journeys that we have to make. Some short journeys, some long journeys, some we enjoy, some we don't. We all had to make a journey this morning to get here. Um, probably I had to make the longest journey, but we all have to make journeys in life. But some journeys we make are very memorable. Some we'd never forget. Remember one journey that I made at the age of uh, 15? Uh, this is going back 1966, a long time ago. Um, I went with my brother and some friends of ours, and we went on holiday to Italy. Um, it was a long old journey. We, we had to get to Belgium, and we traveled by coach from Belgium um, through to Germany, into uh, Austria and into northern Italy uh, of a holiday destination. Now, I say it was a memorable journey because back in the 60s, there was, um, it became quite famous of, uh, of terrible um, coach crashes. Uh, the, the drivers of coaches that used to take people across Europe um, were famous for crashing and speeding. And I remember as a 15-year-old, uh, being so scared that we weren't going to make our holiday and our destination. Um, we knew that our lives, in one sense, were in the driver's hands. And they didn't feel very safe, I have to say. Now, the Christian life is also like a journey. It begins when we come to Christ, and it will end when we go to be with Christ, or again, unless he comes first. It's a life that can be short, or it can be long. That's always God's prerogative. But it's a life 
as we know, at times can be pleasurable, but at other times can be painful. But what we need to see this morning, it's a life that we don't make on our own. For if we've come to Christ, then we have in Jesus one, who has not only called us to himself, but has promised to be with us and will keep us to the end of our journey. And that's a promise we have. You could say he is the one who's in the driver's seat, the one who is in control. Our lives are in his hands. And thankfully, they, with that knowledge, we can feel safe, sure, because he is not only our sovereign Lord, he's not only our wonderful saviour, but is also the shepherd of our souls. And that brings us, of course, to this Psalm here, 23. Because Psalm 23 is likened to a journey. It begins with verse 1 by saying, The Lord is my shepherd. It ends with verse 6 by saying, And I will dwell in the house of the Lord forever. Now we know, if we've been along the Christian pathway long enough, that it's not always an easy journey that we have to travel. Along the way, there are the difficult times we face, the discouraging times, the disappointing times, even the despairing times. But if the Lord is our shepherd, we have, according to the psalm, one who will be with us wherever we go, one who will give us rest and refreshment along the way, one who will restore us when we stray, and we do stray at times, one who will guide and direct our steps, one who will protect and keep us from dangers, and one who will bring us safely home to be with him. The important thing is for us to be able to say this morning, the Lord is my shepherd. Only the Lord's sheep can say those words from the heart. So we have to ask the question, well, who are the Lord's sheep? Well, it's simply those who know personally and intimately the shepherd himself. Not know about him, but actually know him, have a relationship with him. In John 10, which is also a lovely passage concerning Jesus as a shepherd and his people as a sheep, Jesus said these words, he said, I know my sheep and my sheep Know me. In fact, if we look at John 10, we're not going to this morning, but if you look at John 10 yourself, you'll see this unique relationship between the shepherd and the sheep. Here the divine shepherd not only calls the sheep to himself, he cares for the sheep as well as comforts the sheep lovingly and tenderly. How did he do that? By giving salvation, by giving us sustenance along the way, and by giving us security. And that is eternal security. In fact, in John 10, 28, we have these lovely words. Jesus said, I give them eternal life. They shall never perish. No, no, no one can snatch them out of my hand. Lovely promise. And when he says no one here, he means no one. Friends, I say that this morning because we can sometimes lose the joy of our salvation that we don't even feel we're Christians. Or we can even lose the assurance of our salvation, but we cannot lose the fact of our salvation. 
Once a Christian is saved, they're always saved. That will never, ever change. So there is this unique and special relationship between the shepherd and the sheep. It's a loving relationship because he died for us. It's a living relationship because he cares for us day by day. And it's a lasting relationship because he will keep us to the end. That's why it's good for us to know. And it is good for us to know this morning that we will be kept as well as be helped, especially through the difficult times, the dark times that we might have to go through, the even dangerous times, and especially, of course, the dying times. And that brings us to this verse that I want us to just focus on this morning. Verse 4. It says, Even though I walk through the valley of the shadow of death, I will fear no evil, for you are with me. Your rod and staff, they comfort me. So what is the valley of the shadow of death? Well, ultimately, of course, it deals with death itself. C.H. Spurgeon, the famous Baptist preacher, said this verse has been a pillow, or should I say, he said a dime pillow, to many of God's servants. They have laid down their heads on it and have passed into glory with calmness and assurance and confidence. And yet, verse 4 is not just about death. It is about those difficult times, those dark times, those even dangerous times and despairing times that we all go through in the journey that we're traveling. So let me notice some things from this verse that we need to remind ourselves on our journey. First, you notice the first thing is the pathway that we must travel. What kind of pathway am I talking about? Certainly not always an easy and a small path, smooth pathway, as we would like it to be. It can often be a, a, a dark and a, a difficult pathway. David himself, who remember was a shepherd, was probably thinking of the dark ravines with high towering walls that seemed to reach up to the skies, that where he would have to lead the sheep uh, through as he journeyed with them. Now we can see that valley as a, those dark and perhaps despairing experiences in life that we would rather not have to go through. Most of us, if we're honest, would rather be experiencing light on the mountaintop rather than going through the darkness in the valley. But that's where the Christian journey takes us at times. The path that goes from grace to glory has to go through the valley. Valley can be one of trials, can be one of troubles, can be one of simply tears, as well as filled with suffering and struggles and sorrow. No traveler on this journey is exempt from such experiences. And if truth be told, most of us know more about valley experiences than we do about mountaintop experiences. Now, it's great when God does give us mountaintop experiences. We've all had those, what we call spiritual highs. But to get to the best pastures on higher ground, remember the shepherd has to lead the sheep through the valley. They may not like it, but it's the best way for them. Because we learn the most as we 
and we grow the best actually through the valley. Samuel Rutherford made this famous statement. I think he wrote a book called Grace Grows Best in Winter. How true that is. Most of us has grown more and we've learnt more through suffering times than any other times. So we need to note the pathway that we must travel. But also notice the prospect we must also face. And what a prospect the believer has in Christ, especially to look forward to. For with the Lord as our shepherd, our future is both sure and certain. Note the words here in verse 4. It said, even though I walk through the valley of the shadow of death. Notice that word through. We're not at a standstill. We're traveling forward. We're going through the valley. Now, it might not seem like it sometimes, but the truth is we're actually going through. My friend, I want to say this to us this morning. If you are in perhaps a valley of darkness at the moment, or a valley of sadness, or even a valley of barrenness, where you feel that God is far away, if there are dark shadows, in other words, across the pathway we're traveling, and we find, perhaps for ourselves, even this morning, that the road is rough and rocky, remember, we're traveling through. The valley is not a permanent home. We're pilgrims bound for a better place, a heavenly place. There used to be an old chorus that we used to sing when I was a young Christian. The world is not my home. I'm just a passing through. My treasures are laid up somewhere beyond the blue. Now the theology might not be great, but you know there's a great truth there, isn't it? You ever thought of all the, the sin, the sorrow, the sadness, the, the suffering, the struggles that there is in the valley and thought to yourself, is this it? Is there nothing better? Remember, we're traveling through. The best is yet to come, for even death actually is not the end for us. As Christian pilgrims, we can say with the Apostle Paul, for me to live is Christ, to die is gain. And then he went on to say, for I'm torn between the two, I desire to depart, to be with Christ, which is far better. What a prospect. Even death cannot touch us. Matthew Henry, the old commentator, said there's a great difference between shadow and substance. Shadow of a snake, a snake, for instance, he said, cannot bite us. Shadow of a sword cannot kill us. And likewise, the shadow of death cannot touch us. Why? Because the sting of death is sin. And Jesus has dealt with that sin when he died on the cross at Calvary. So that when a person turns from the sin, puts their trust in Christ, that sting, sting, sting is taken away. No wonder John Wesley, the great Methodist preacher, said of his early Methodists, our people die well. Let me show an illustration of an example of a person who died well. Douglas Macmillan, who actually preached at the Abba Conference many, many years ago, Douglas Macmillan, Sound with the Lord, he, he wrote a book on the messages that um, he preached on. Uh, and in that uh, the messages he gave, he gave an illustration um, about his father uh, who was very ill and very weak. And he said, early one morning, 
as Douglas was going to get the sheep in, he was a, uh, a shepherd at the time, he was going to get the sheep in from the hills, he, he looked in on his father who, and he found him propped up in his bed, looking out of the window. said to his son, son, come and sit down for a moment. What do you see out of the window? And Douglas said, we well, saw the sheep coming down from the hill. His father said, well, you know, it's very strange. I don't see that at all. I see a beautiful orchard. It's a wonderful place. There are lots of people there. I can see my mother there. I can see your mother. His mother had died some years previous. He said, do you think I'm looking to heaven? He said, I think I am. He said, I, I, I feel that like I've been on this doorstep for months now to go into this place. I believe I'm going to go over the doorstep today. And then he said this, you know, for 40 years I've followed Christ and for 40 years I've prayed for grace to live for Christ and, I haven't shared this with anyone else, I pray for grace to die like a Christian. You see, Douglas, I've always been secretly afraid of dying. I've always hoped that grace would be given at such a time. But I realize how silly I've been. God wouldn't give me grace for I didn't need it until I need it. Now when I need it, he says, I have it. He says, Douglas, don't be afraid of death. It's going to be wonderful. He actually died that day. Now none of us have faced a prospect yet, have we? But if we're worried concerning this prospect, remember grace is promised to us. So the prospect we have to face. But what about the problem that needs to be dealt with on life's journey? Obviously, there are many problems that we face on life's journey, but one of them has to be fear. Fear of the unknown, what might happen to us, or fear of the known, what's going to happen, or fear of the thought that nothing's going to happen. Why is fear such a problem? Because when we fear, we fail to trust. And God wants us to trust him. In other words, he wants us to walk by faith. Fear and faith of the opposites, aren't they? George Muller, uh, a great man of God, a great man of prayer, uh, who founded the, the orphanages in Bristol, uh, said this about prayer and faith. He said, the beginning of anxiety is always the end of faith, and the beginning of faith is always the end of anxiety. Fear, worry, anxiety, and doubt can often cripple us and can even paralyze us. certainly affects some of us more than others, because some of us, by nature, are more worried than others. I remember reading uh, the, uh, about Elizabeth Elliot. Elizabeth Elliot, as you know, was a very famous uh, missionary, married to a, married to a, uh, the missionary who was martyred for his faith. And uh, she also confessed to being a worrywart. I'm glad she shared that because I can be like that as well. I don't worry about big things. It's about silly little things that I can worry about. And we can all be like that, especially over silly things. But how do we handle fear? Well, it says here, I will fear no evil, for you are with me. It's the realized presence of Christ as our divine shepherd 
that can help us with this problem. Let me remind you of two things about this promise that we have. Firstly, he is with us, and we must remember this, even in the dark places. Remember my old pastor that I shared at the beginning, um, Peter Culver, his name was. He, uh, I remember he often would quote from Exodus 20, verse 21, where it says, Moses approached the thick darkness where God was. And we need to remember that. God is in the thick darkness. So if you're having a time of darkness, God is still there. Psalm 88 can be a depressing psalm, if you ever have read it. And it ends by declaring, even darkness has become my best friend. How can darkness become our best friend? Because the Lord is in the darkness. We might not feel his presence, but we can be assured of his presence. Spurgeon said, I've learned more in the darkness than I ever have done in the light. No wonder Isaiah says, let him who walks in the dark, who has no light, trust in the Lord and rely on his God. So he's with us in the dark places, and of course he's with us in the dying places. A faithful minister, a minister who became very ill, as well as bedridden, could hardly move and was being nursed by his daughter. Suddenly one morning he sat up in bed, a light was on his face. He said, get your mother. He said, I'm seeing into heaven. I'm seeing my saviour. His wife came. She was very upset at the thought of her husband dying. He said, don't cry, my dear. This is what I've been waiting for. This is my coronation day. And he was like that until he passed into glory that he would see him. He's with us in the dying places. We don't have to fear because of the realized presence of Christ. And we have that promise, don't we? Never will I leave you. Never will I forsake you. And so the writer says, so I can say with confidence, the Lord is my helper. I will not be afraid. What can man do to me? Luther Rees was a famous preacher in Rails back in the 1950s and 60s. And as he was dying and losing consciousness, his wife was holding his hand. His daughter was with him. She said, Dad, you don't know who's holding your hand, do you? He said, yes, I do. And he will never let me go. Pathway we have to travel. The prospect we have to face. The problem we must deal with. And last of all, the protection we can be assured of. Notice what it says here, your rod and your staff, they comfort me. David often knew that there would be dangers in the valley with the sheep. He knew as a shepherd boy that leading the sheep through the, the valley, uh, there would be danger from wild animals attacking the sheep. And so he would need to protect them and he would need a rod and a staff to help on his journey with them. The rod itself was a heavy club that was used to keep off the attacking animals. The staff was also called a crook that was often used to retrieve sheep from going astray, and when they got into dangerous places, um, it would help to retrieve them. A reminder to us that we need protection through the journey of life that we travel. It's a twofold protection we need, don't we? Firstly, we need the protection of the outward attacks of our enemy. And who of us doesn't know 
the attacks of the devil. They can come in all different forms. Temptation, it can come in the form of trials, of testings, of troubles. Certainly if you get concerned for the gospel, he will get concerned for your well-being. You get concerned for your spiritual growth, he will get concerned to hinder that growth. His aim is always to distract us, to divert us, to discredit, if he can, our testimony. That's why we're looking at part of that tonight. Never lets up, even in our latter years. Why? He doesn't want us to end well, because that's how we're remembered. So there's protection of the outward attacks of Satan, and also there's the protection of the inward waywardness of our own self which is surprising for us, though it shouldn't be if we've been around long enough. Because we do at times, if we're honest, act like silly, foolish sheep. We do at times wander and we stray from the pathway. David himself knew this. The Bible tells us he was a man after God's heart, and yet we know he acted like a man against God's heart when he committed adultery and murder. Let me ask you this question. Do you know what it's like this morning to wander and stray? If not outwardly, then inwardly. See, we can be diligent in our religion, yet distant in our relationship. Have you ever known the reality of the words of that hymn, prone to wander, Lord, I feel it, Prone to leave the God I love. How many of us sung words like that? And the words of other hymns like, Lord, it is my chief complaint that my love so weak and faint, yet I love thee and adore. Oh, for grace to love thee more. So the protection we can be assured of from Satan's outward attacks and from our own wayward self. Praise God, we have a loving shepherd who will always restore us again and again. So as we conclude, remind ourselves the Christian life is like a journey. It begins when we come to Christ. It ends when we go to be with Christ. Important for us is to know that the Lord is our shepherd for the journey of both life and of death. If the Lord is my shepherd... I will certainly lack nothing as far as my soul salvation is concerned. Once a person is saved, they're always saved. If the Lord is my shepherd, I will lack nothing as far as my life situation is concerned because he will never leave me nor forsake me. And if the Lord is my shepherd, I will lack nothing as far as my ultimate situation is concerned because he gives me eternal life and I will never, ever perish. Along the way, as we know, there are the difficult times, the disappointing times, the, uh, the, the dark times, the despairing times, and of course the dying times. But we've started the journey, so we will finish the journey. For our shepherd is with us, and that will never change. And that's why we need to remember such a verse like this. Even though I walk through the valley of the shadow of death, I will fear no evil. For you're with me, your rod and the staff, they comfort me. Our part is to keep traveling. Thus, when we come to the end of the journey, think of the battles we lost and we won. Then we shall see it was worth all the conflict. And last of all, 
we shall hear his well done. Remember, friends, this morning, one day we will have passed through the valley. It won't be so much because we persevere, but because thankfully he perseveres and does persevere with us. And it does so because the Lord is our shepherd. And he's the one we can trust day by day, whatever we go through.